Hey, you're listening to the Abide Podcast. To find out more about Abide, go to AbideChurchFL.com and enjoy today's message. I hope you realize by now that not, there's not like one specific person that's called to climb up a mountain and scatter seed. Like all of you are called to do that. That's why, that's why Jesus looked out and he said like, hey, the harvest is ripe. He didn't pray for the harvest. He didn't even command you to pray for the harvest because the harvest is ripe. When Jesus died on the cross, everything that needed to be done for revival to hit this land happened. What he prayed for and what he told you to pray for is that he would thrust forth laborers. That he would spark in you something where you realize in your job, in your home, in your community, wherever you are, that you are called and he has equipped you to scatter seed. And here's the beautiful part. It's not even your job to make the seed grow. It would be one thing if I had to throw seed and then I had to do something about the seed, but it's not your job. According to the Bible, some water, some nurture, but listen, the Lord, say the Lord. The Lord Lord gives the increase. It takes the pressure off of you and it removes the excuse from you of I'm just not good enough because it has nothing to do with you. Are you alive? It it removes the excuse from you to say, I'm not qualified because it has nothing to do with your qualification. All he's looking for is your yes. So why do I say all that? You don't get to disqualify yourself from that word. (laughs) Every single one of you, you need to see yourself and not run away from difficult situations because the Lord is in the process. He wants to use the whole process to transform your heart. I can't get away from it. Hey, I want, can you guys, can you guys shut your hand towards John right now? I gotta pray for him. Father, I just thank you for John right now. And God, I pray for his family right now. That everything that they're going through, God, I ask for strength. God, I ask for encouragement, hope right now in Jesus' name, God. And God, I thank you that you walk with them right now. God, I thank you for peace that goes past all understanding right now, God. And I thank you that this is family, God. And I thank you that we lift one another up when we need it right now in Jesus' name. We speak over his mind, his spirit, and everything in Jesus' name. And we just speak wholeness over it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. Couldn't get away from it. I love you, bro. I want to talk to you today about the power of words. Can I do that? I want you to go to Proverbs 18. I really feel this is very important. There's been very a whole lot of prophetic words that have gone forward about what the Lord wants to do in this community, about what he wants to do all around the world But I believe that one of the transformational, one of the pivotal things that we need to realize is that there are power in our words. When you say things, it's not just words. There are power. There is life in what you say. So I want to go into Proverbs 18.21, and I want to read this to you. It says, the tongue can bring life or death. Say life or death. Those who love to talk, which are a lot of people, will reap the consequences Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. And I would like to submit to you today that the Lord is trying to create realities through your words. I don't even feel like I have a sermon. Can I do a family talk with you today? I hear lots of people and I meet with lots of people. You know that the way that we pastor is relational. And we sit with lots of different couples and and single people and, and we hear the things that they say. And this is not a knock and this isn't condemnation. This is just, I wanna change your perception and I want to show you that when you say things, the things you say affect, affect the way you live. Yeah. 
The Lord has given you the ability. It's what she was talking about today. The way you need to see it is the words that come out of your mouth are seeds that are planted. It doesn't matter if they are good or they are bad. They are planting and they will reap a harvest. And so part of the problem that I see is lots of people, well, I don't know how I can say anything because everything that I see is negative. I would say, how, don't, how, how can you not see negative when everything that comes out of your mouth is death? How can you have a different reality when everything that is flowing out of you, the Bible says this, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Meaning what comes out of my mouth is coming from the treasury of my heart. That's why the Bible says guard your heart above all else. That's not just what you watch or what you hear. That's even including the people you allow into your life. You are the light of the world. I believe I'm the Lord, I am the light of the world. According to the Bible, he has called me that. That I'm supposed to go out into darkness and darkness will be eradicated as the light of Jesus shines through me. That doesn't mean I allow the darkness to influence my life. I am to influence the darkness, meaning I have to be careful who I allow or what I allow to speak into my life. I have to be careful what whisper I allow have access to my heart because there are a lot of them. How many of you have ever woken up and you just feel this overwhelming sense of just despair? It's just life, right? Sometimes you wake up and you're like, I have this feeling and there's something inside of you because every single day you have the choice what whisper will you listen to? It's like the cartoons. You ever watch cartoons like a bad devil and a good devil? Not a good devil, but there's a bad devil and there's like an angel. And I feel this tension in my life sometimes. And if I'm not careful, I'll find myself saying things. If you, if you're, it doesn't matter what age you are by now, if you've lived life long, you know that the, the phrase sticks and stones may break my bones, but words may never hurt me is a load of crap. Because words, they cut. They hurt. The same way they cut and they hurt, they uplift. Listen, it's not just the things that are said, it's the things that are not said. One of my biggest issues growing up were not necessarily the things that were said to me by people, it's the things that were not said. When you're surrounded by people and you have an expectation that person should love me and they should speak to me, they should champion me and it doesn't happen, it creates, it creates hopelessness. And the Bible says hope deferred makes a heart Sick. And so the Lord is trying to change our paradigm to realize that life and death come out of the tongue. And it's so important that the book of James it dedicated a whole chapter to this. And I just, I just wanted to, I want to read chapter, James chapter 3 to you. And it should be up behind me. It says, chapter, verse 1, dear brothers and sisters, now many of you should become teachers in the church, for we who teach will be judged more strictly. You should highlight that for those of you that want to pulpit. Indeed, we all make many mistakes, for if we can control our tongues, we would be perfect and can control ourselves in any other ways. What is he talking about? The power of this. We can make a large horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth. We can make a small rudder make a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. In the same way, the tongue is a small thing that make grand, makes grand speeches. What is he saying? What comes out of our mouth determines where our feet walk. The same way there's a small rudder on the bottom of a ship that turns the whole thing, the same way there's a bit in the horse of a mouth and it makes that huge thing turn, it's not about, it's not about the power of the horse, it's about what's maneuvering it. How many of you know the horse is more powerful than probably even you? 
But when you yoke that horse, that horse is at the mercy of what it's yoked to. It's no different. When you allow negative thoughts to come into your brain, when you feed yourself negativity, no matter what your source is, you're yoking yourself to that thing. And so I hear people sometimes, when they come to me with negativity about my life or their life, I would say, I don't want to hear that. And they would think, well, you just live in this la-la land. No. According to the word, this has to become our truth. What does that mean? It means my bank statement is not my truth. It means the doctor's note is not my truth. It means what that person says about me is not my truth. I have to go back to the source. And when I yoke myself to this, the same way the horse has a bit in its mouth, this becomes my bit. I'm not maneuvered by what people say because when you become enamored and moved by what people say, when they don't say it, you no longer move. And so he's looking for a people that would realize that with your words, we create realities. With your words, things shift and they change. And you see this theme all throughout the scriptures. All throughout the scriptures, you see this. I'm going to go to Matthew 8. And you see where the the disciples find themselves in a terrible situation. So Jesus speaks to the disciples. And they're going from one side of the lake to another. Luke chapter 8, verse 23. And it says, as the disciples were in a boat, suddenly a storm hit the boat. And so picture yourself, insert yourself into this story. How many of you have ever been going through life and you feel Jesus is calling you from one place to another, and in the middle of that destination, you feel there's a a storm? Oh, y'all aren't alive. You're making my heart hurt. And some of you will disconnect from this word because you want a revival shaking moment when the reality is you're not hitting it because you're speaking death. They find themselves in the middle of a storm, Jesus is asleep, and they panic. Jesus, wake up. And they begin all of these things. Now remember, the initial word was we are going to the other side. That's the promise. Just like God spoke to you that you will be prosperous, that everything your hands touch will be blessed, that you are called, equipped, that he has given you the spirit of truth, and you are alive and dead to sin. All of those are your promises according to the scriptures. And so here they are, and they find themselves in this place, and there's despair, there's hopelessness. They think they're going to die. Can we agree on that? They're not on a cruise ship. They're on a little wooden boat. The storm hits. They wake Jesus up. And what does Jesus do? The disciples say, save us. We're going to drown. Jesus responded, why are you afraid? You have so little faith. Then he got up. And what did he do? He rebuked. Now, you can't rebuke without words. Say amen. (laughs) He didn't just go, "Mm." There was something inside of him that spoke out, and when it spoke out, that storm had to be subject to the power of the word. So he looks at the disciples and he says, why do you have such little faith? That word little there can be translated different ways. It can mean brief. It could also mean underdeveloped. Like they had faith, but their faith had not developed it to the point that Jesus wanted it to develop to. And I wonder how many times in our life, I was just talking to Stephen about this yesterday. The Lord will have us on a process. And we're, we're, we are destination people. Right? All of us, God speaks to us, and we don't care about the process. We want to get to the destination. For instance, the Lord says, I'm going to take you to Africa or to Israel. All I care about is Israel. Yeah. 
When am I getting to Israel? I, I, I was there. When God called us to Africa, he called my wife through two or three years before we ever went. And she had that in her heart. The Lord spoke it to her in Amsterdam. And when God speaks that kind of thing to you, all you can see is that dream. God, you said, God, you take me, but here's the truth. God wants to use the process just as much as he wants to use the destination. Furthermore, you will find out when you make it to the destination, he's going to give you a new one. You get there, and you're like, oh, I made it. And God's like, no. <laughs> We're going this. Why? Because he uses the process to develop something inside of you. That's where trust is built. That's where faith, that's where this little faith gets developed, and it is no longer called underdeveloped. When you don't know what to do, when you find yourselves in the storm of life, instead of talking about, listen, they went to Jesus, and this is 90% of Christians today. You find yourself in a storm, and it's like, what am I going to do? Jesus, and it's good. But I feel like sometimes instead of, of clamoring, what he wants us to do is to realize there's power inside of us and to begin to declare over that thing. Begin to look at the storm and realize that Christ in me, according to the Bible, the hope of glory, has given you the authority to speak over things and they have to submit to it. How does this translate into normal life? Into, it translates all over. All over. When the doctors told us that Selah would have cystic fibrosis and we had to go to testings and did we not feel hopeless? There were times when we, my wife would cry and I didn't know what to say. But that's not my report over my daughter. Are you, are you alive? Because the word of the Lord, and according to what he has spoken to me, it does not match up with that bill. So what do we do? We begin to declare the word of the Lord over my daughter. You will live and not die and live to declare the works of the Lord. And you begin to read the scriptures and you begin to speak life into that situation. And so then you stand in front of a doctor and she goes, well, we really, we really don't know what to say. She may have it, she may not have it. And so it's inconclusive because according to Jesus, she's made whole. This, this goes into parenting. Everything in your life looks contrary to what God is saying. You begin to speak life. We saw it with her brother. Her brother was a 15-year opiate addict. Every time he, he picked up the phone and called his dad, his dad said, hello, man of God. What is he doing? It's, it's, not, it's not to make him feel bad or to condemn him. It's to call out of him what is inside of him. His brother calls, his, her brother calls her dad. He's, he's doped up on heroin. Hello, man of God. How can you call me man of God? Because it's inside of you. It doesn't matter what's going on around you. It doesn't matter what storm I see. What's inside of you will be pulled out as we declare the word of the Lord over your life. This is the power of words. That we would be a people living in a kingdom culture that would stop talking about problems and begin to speak to them. Is that not what David did? Lots of qualified people talking about the problem. But God was looking for a little boy after his own heart that would speak to the problem. David spoke to the giant before he ever slayed it. People passed by that because they're more interested in how he threw the rock. The battle was won the moment he stood and he said, it is not I, but you are talking to the Lord of heaven's army who will defeat you. As he declared the words, Goliath had already been defeated. So, so for you, I, I, I would challenge you today to stop looking at your situation and it's, it's well-meaning because we got this twisted. We can sit around with people and we get in groups and we do life and it becomes this, this 
uh, I don't know how, what else to call it than this. I can't call it that. <laughs> we're in church. But it becomes a situation where all we do is I talk about my problems, you talk about your problems. And instead of, instead of it becoming, I just ask people sometimes, what is the Lord saying about that? Because I don't want to hear the devil's report. I don't want to hear what he's doing. I don't really even care what he's saying. We do not live in reaction to the devil. We live in response to the Lord. So whatever he's saying, I have to hear what he's saying. And it's Jesus' model. He did only what he saw the Father do. And so it's no different. If you are a disciple of Jesus, your job is not to assess the world and figure out how, how jacked up it is and how close we are to end times. Your job is to occupy all streets with the name of Jesus until he comes. When will he come? I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to, everybody I can to go with me is going. Y'all aren't as excited as I am. That's okay. <laughs> so what I let it come out of my mouth will determine where my feet walk. Ezekiel, Ezekiel 37 He's taken up in a vision, and the Lord grabs him. I'm just showing you the power of words today, and I hope that it lands in your heart. He picks him up, and he plants him in the middle of, of an impossible situation. Can I read it to you? I don't think I highlighted it. Somewhere in here. I read it enough. He puts them in a valley of dry bones, and, and there are, they are dry bones, not moist bones. These bones have been dead. And then the Lord speaks to him, and he said, Son of man, can these bones live? He's like, Lord, only you know. He gets a safe answer. <laughs> like, uh, you tell me. <laughs> and so then the Lord instructs him to do what? prophesy to speak to the bones now I'd, I'd be willing to bet in a room this size there's lots of people that they have situations businesses relationships that when you look at them in the natural they look dead you don't know what to do with them change my mind okay change your mind There are situations that, that you would look at them and in the natural, you feel like God planted you in the middle of an impossibility. Am I right or am I wrong? And in the middle of that impossibility, we would say, well, Lord, only you know. But what the Lord is looking for, once again, is for you to speak. And what is the result of you prophesying? The result of him prophesying that day was the wind of God. According to the Bible, the Ruach swept over those bones, and what was once an impossible situation became an army of people. What if the Lord has planted you in a situation? <laughs> I know you don't want to hear this. What if the Lord has planted you in an impossible situation because he's going to use that very thing to create something in you and around you that destroys the works of the enemy? I love walking with the Lord. And I've had some really, 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 really good seasons with the Lord. Where everywhere I look, it's like what she was talking about. It's like the Lord, he, he poured out his spirit and there's greenery everywhere. Oh. You're on the top of the mountain, you're like, oh, yes. But there's also been seasons in my life where I've been 
climbing up the mountain, and it's been difficult. And everywhere you look, it's dry and it's hard. But I want to tell you something, and I want you to hear this. In the seasons of climbing up the mountain where it's been hard, I have learned more about the faithfulness of the Lord than I ever have when everything's just sprouting around me. It's in those seasons that I don't know what to do where the Lord is challenging me, watch what you say. Watch what you say about that person. Watch what you say about that ministry. Watch what you say about, for a long time it was about my brother who's sitting here now. Because the Lord's not interested, he's not interested in fact. He's interested in truth. So in a, in a very practical sense, when my brother was dealing with addiction, it would have been easy for me to say, I know he's doing this and he's doing this. But the Lord was looking for me to search my heart to say, what am I saying about him? You know how much more powerful? The Lord is not looking for people to stand behind pulpits. He wants you to be the pulpit. He wants your life to live a message, and that only happens when you live in response to him and you begin to release what he's releasing over his people. The world would be changed. The world would be changed when you, when you begin to live. And I'm saying, listen, if you, if, you've, if you live this life of negativity, one of the hardest things we did in Africa was when Heidi told us to go on a negativity fast. I could fast food. It doesn't look like it, but I can. <laughs> but when she told us we were in Africa, she's like, I want you to fast all negativity. I began to realize just how, much, how many things came out of my mouth. That were just a normal part of my speech, and then I began to realize how much it affected my surroundings and it affected my attitude. And so let's go back to the very beginning where the Lord says, choose your words carefully because life and death come out of the tongue. The Lord is saying to you, you need to realize when you speak life, you see life. When you speak death, you see death. This has nothing to do about saved or unsaved. you understand this? This has everything to do with you learning that with your mouth, the Lord has given you ability to change situations, to make dead things come to life, to make the storms that are, that are surrounding around you stay still. That we don't become a people where the Lord would say, your faith is underdeveloped. Why, why, why would faith be underdeveloped? You ever asked yourself that? The Lord said that if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, I get it. But I would submit to you that there are, there are times that the Lord is using the very thing you're crying out for deliverance from to create some grit inside of you. Faith is not developed and easy. Say, faith is not developed and easy. Like, like you mean it. Faith is not developed and easy. You can't let it even come out of your mouth. It's hard, isn't it? Like, ugh, sounds gross. But faith is developed in those times where you don't know what to do. And in those moments, you learn, I have to lean on him. We move to Lithia, God, I don't know how you're going to do this. And we would say, well, we say dumb things like, well, I don't know what else to do, so I guess I'll take it to the Lord. <laughs> that's, what look, that's what living in response to him looks like. That every situation that you have, that you would bring it to him. And that you would speak, 
that she would speak. So then according to James, it says, understand this. You must all be quick to listen. Say quick to listen. Slow to speak and slow to get angry. That we would slow down and that we would hear him. I think sometimes the reason that, no, I'm not going to say that. Yeah, I will. I think sometimes the reason we say things in heaven are not, heaven's not on our words is because we're saying things he's not saying. When you hear the Father and you declare what he's saying, heaven is on your words. It's the reason that things change. It's the reason why sometimes the Lord will say, I want you to speak, I want you to speak in tongues and I want everybody. And you feel the atmosphere change because it wasn't, it wasn't man's words, it was his words. And what I would ch charge you with this week, it's not going to be an emotional moment. It's going to be this. I would ask you, what situation in your life is the Lord asking you to speak new over? I'm serious. Like, what is he asking you to lay down surrender and to begin to speak life over? You say, well, I just don't know what's good. I don't know anything good to say. You can find something. If my father-in-law could find something about Brandon, he knows Brandon. Because it's our job. It's our job. I'm, listen, I know this wasn't like a screaming, yeah, hallelujah. It's hard. Because you're going to leave this t t today and something negative is going to come out of your mouth and your wife's going to be like, yo, did you not hear the sermon? <laughs> take out the trash. I don't want to hear no negativity. <laughs> Just take it out. Be compliant. But I feel it's so important that we begin to realize that. And that we're not ashamed to speak life over things, even if the people don't understand it. I used to show up to church, and, and I'll, I'll end here. There was a guy named Joseph. Joseph was a very strange individual. He, like, created his own language. He would speak it, and he's the only one who could understand it. Very weird. You remember Joseph? And every Sunday, every Saturday, sorry, Saturday I would show up to church and he was one of the greeters at the church and he would shake my hand and I would show up to church just messed up. I would show up to church because my grandma would pay me 20 bucks. And 20 bucks back in the day got me enough to get through my Saturday night. I would show up to church. He would shake my hand and he'd say, Pastor Munoz. And I was like, oh, I hate it. I, I would try to go through the other doors. There was two sets of double doors. Pastor Munoz. And I'm like, oh, how? You know, I just put my visine on. I know I smell. And yet, when I walked by that guy, there was something he saw inside of me that I could not see in myself. And you know what? Here I am today, and, and I, I've never forgotten because there's something that happens that resonates with people when they have somebody that would look at them and say, I see this in you, even though you don't see it in yourself. I will not give up on you. I don't care what people say about you. I don't care what has been declared over you. And so for some of you, you've got to stop speaking negativity. And for others of you, you have got to take off what the people have put on you. It's twofold. There have been things that have been spoken over you that you have taken on as identity, and it's a lie. And so here's what I feel the Lord wants to do today. I'm not even going to have no music. We're going to go raw. I'm serious. 
For some of us, I'm just going to ask you to be sincere. If you say, I, I have been struggling in this area, and I need the Lord to give me the grace to begin to speak in a new way, would you just raise your hand right now? All over, right now. Yeah, to be honest. And we're just going to pray right now. We're going to believe. Yeah, right now, in the name of Jesus, I just ask for a new set of lens, for a new way to see, for a new way to hear. And God, I ask that you give them the ability, God, to speak your words. I pray that heaven would go before them and around them, God, and that they would begin to see things a different way about themselves. I speak that over sicknesses over you, that you would begin to declare the word of the Lord over your body. That you would not take that sickness on like it's yours. That you would not begin to carry that. But right now, God, I ask that every word that come out of their mouth, that it would be life. That as we speak, that life would go forward and it would come out of us right now, God. And that when we do open up our mouths and death comes out, God, that your gentle spirit would let us know that's not what we're supposed to be talking about. No condemnation, no guilt, no shame. But I ask that the Holy Spirit would lead you into all truth. And God, give them the words to say, yes, I just feel heaven on that. The Lord is going to give you the, the words to say. For those of you that have been speaking negativity for so long and you don't even know other verbiage, the Lord is going to teach you. You're going to see things a different way. And I'm going to ask one more thing. If you're here today, you say, I've taken on a false identity for things that have been spoken over me right now. Raise your hand. Who else? Yeah. Listen, I want you to, if you don't have your hand up, I want you to put your hand on the person next to you. Why don't you just grab the hand of the person next to you right now? We're going to pray this over one another. What do I want you to pray? I want you to pray that that person would see themselves the way Jesus sees them. I'm serious about this. Father, I ask right now in the name of Jesus, I want you to pray over them like if it was your own son or daughter. God, I ask right now that you would, that you would help them to see themselves the way that you see them, God. God, we take off all false identities right now. Oh, gosh. I just speak, oh, I just speak over you right now that there would not be an identity of lack over you. That your words would not begin with what you're lacking, but what you have. The abundance that is in your life, God. And I ask that when they look at themselves in the mirror today, that they would see something different. In the name of Jesus. We break off all of the bondages and the weights, according to Paul, that he says, all the weights and all the things that hold us off, God, and we speak over them life. We speak life. We speak sonship. We speak that you are a daughter and that you are fearfully and wonderfully made and that the Lord loves you just how you are right now. You don't need to do anything different. Let him lead you. Let him lead you. And God, I just speak over them the mind of Christ. God, you said, you said that we have been given the mind of Christ. So I speak that over every single person today, God. That your gentle whisper would become the voice that we listen to, God. And that it would be encouraging. And that it would lead us into love. I thank you today that that is broken in the name of Jesus. We love you, God. And we give you all the honor and all the glory and all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen.